today, we're going to ask some really important questions because the world is asking some very important questions. And we're going to take a look, examine, check it out. And the beauty of a question is that it is a call for wisdom to come forth. Now, there's social pressure that, you know, knowing the answer is more important than asking the question. But today, we're going to put that aside and, and we're just going to begin to be in the wisdom of asking questions and calling forth our wisdom. There is no one right answer for the questions that are coming up in the world today. And each one of us is called to discover and find the answers that live inside our hearts and soul. So I'm going to be offering you some ideas from our spiritual tradition and from another spiritual tradition. And I'd like for you to be in that place of beginning because our answers, they grow, change, and evolve as we do. And so we're going to be in that flow of eternal unfoldment today as we value curiosity and the willingness to learn and grow together, we're going to value that over knowing. And so we're going to, I am going to ask three questions today. And you might want to grab a pen and paper and take some notes uh, for yourself, not only for while we're um, together in our time today, but also uh, for our guided meditation. You might also want to jot down some notes from that. But thankfully, you're all on computer devices. You can also take notes right inside your device. And so that'll work as well. And so our three questions for today is, what does a just world look and feel like? What does a just world look and feel like? That's the first one. The second one is, how do we use our spiritual principles and practices to address the injustices in the world? And then the third one is, what can we do? And so as we begin with imagining what a just world looks and feels like, the Centers for Spiritual Living who we're affiliated with, they have a spiritual, spiritually motivated social engagement committee. <laughs> and they have put out a statement denouncing racism in all its form. And in their statement, they've also shared part of our collective vision. So I'm going to start today by reading some of what they've written. Here goes. We envision a world where personal responsibility joins with social conscience 
in every area of the political, corporate, academic, and social sectors. We value a community-wide climate of safety that arises from compassion, justice, mutual respect, and kindness. Therefore, we join our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes, who echoing the words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, you and I should form the habit of taking definite time each day to contemplate and affirm peace with justice. For there is no peace possible without justice, but faith without works is dead. So we should not only pray, we should act, each contributing the best they have to the common purpose, each willing to make any sacrifice necessary, for there can be no individual self-preservation without the preservation of all. Wow. There is a lot of juicy goodness in that, in that vision, that collective vision. I mean, personal responsibility, social conscience, safety, compassion, justice, mutual respect, kindness, prayer, collaboration, and it all culminates in action for the preservation of all. What does that even look like? The preservation of all. I believe it would change every aspect of society, how we live, how we work, how we learn, eat, and play. I think it would call for us to have a reimagining of all of our systems, economic, government, education, housing, healthcare, child, etc. All of those systems would need to be reimagined. And is that overwhelming? Yeah, <laughs> it is. I know it is for me. And this is where our second question comes to light. How do we use our spiritual principles and practices to address the injustices in the world? Our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes, teaches us, and I quote, that which thought has done, thought can undo. That which thought has done, thought can undo. So our current world has been created by our individual and collective consciousness. And the amazing thing about that is that our consciousness can shift, grow, change, and evolve. And, you know, honestly, our consciousness is always expanding anyhow. It's always growing, moving, and we can engage that with intention, mindful intentions. And Dr. Holm continues to say, this is done through intention and the willingness to hold, through, to hold thought centered until the form appears. The imagination is creative, the will is directive, and through will, we decide just what we wish to have done. Okay, so here's some more steps in our spiritual practice. Using our imagination to create an intention 
and then using our will to keep it front and center. And we're it, it, within the CSL, the Centers for Spiritual Living, we're generally very practiced at doing this for ourselves. We use the power of our minds to heal our bodies, to find a new job or career, even to find a parking space, right? <laughs> so we can also tap into this creative power for others and for the world. And so this is one of the reasons why I've chosen skill in action, radicalizing your yoga practice to create a just world as our book of the month. Now, Michelle Johnson, she is, you know, is a yoga teacher and this is her spiritual practice. What I would like for you to do, because that's yoga isn't how we practice our spiritual principles. Anywhere, when I'm quoting her, we're looking at this book, anywhere where you see yoga, we can actually swap that out for the word spiritual or spirituality, and it instantly applies to our CSL principles and practices. And so imagine that we are radicalizing our spiritual practices to create a just world. And the term, the phrase, skill in action, is from the Bhagavad Gita. And you might remember, because I spent May talking and teaching about the Bhagavad Gita, which is an ancient yogic text. And it says that yoga is skill in action, to do every action to the best of your ability. So our spirituality is skill in action. And each one of us are called to do the best of our ability. And so Ms. Johnson writes, yoga is an action and a skill to be used to guide us in the world. Use the practice of yoga as a guide to meet the call to action for the collective good. So spiritual living is an action and a skill to be used to guide us in the world. You know, it's not something we just think about here when we're gathered on Sunday. It's meant to be lived in our everyday lives. And we can now use our spiritual practice as a guide to meet the call, the call to action for the collective good, not just our individual good. And Ms. Johnson continues to say, and I quote, skill in action is a way of life that illustrates what it means to live yoga for the transformation and liberation of all beings. It's an analysis of yoga that accounts for institutional and cultural forms of oppression while holding liberation at the heart of the practice. It's about feeling the connection between all beings and taking steps to serve the collective good with a goal of justice for all. It asks yoga practitioners and social change agents 
to take the benefits and lessons that come from a contemplative practice and to use their power to influence the world. Wow. What if the goal of your spiritual practice was justice for all? And what if the universe is calling you to be a social change agent? And what if our philosophy was informed and took into an account, made an analysis of, of institutional and cultural forms of oppression? How would that change our, our ideas? How would it change the way we apply those ideas? Dr. Holmes said, the evolution of the individual, the unfoldment of personality, the enlightenment of the soul, the illumination of the spirit can only come to the degree that the individual purposes to let life operate through you. Let life operate through you. And so we've arrived at our third question what can we do? What can you do? What can I do? And so for starters, we cast a vision. We set an intention for a just world. And we also offer up ourselves to be the avenue for it to come into manifestation. We must let life operate through us. This is how it comes to be. This is how it unfolds. So when we, I'd like for us to turn back to skill in action for a bit more guidance. You know, what does that mean? Because it's a really broad idea, right? Just let life unfold through you. Okay, what does that mean? Well, Ms. Johnson says, one must be connected with their breath to feel their body. A connection to the body allows one to feel their heart. A connection with the heart allows one to become clear about their values so that they may connect with their humanity. When one sees their own humanity and realizes that others are suffering around them, they have the opportunity to connect with the oneness of all beings and our shared humanity. From the breath, body, heart, and awareness of our humanity, one must take action. No one can exist without taking action, skill in action. Okay. So this here, here enters in the role of mindfulness in our path of realizing a just world. It starts with a pause. And, and <laughs> I think the world is taking a pause right now, not only with the pandemic, but in the 
these uh, protests that are happening, it is a huge pause to shine the light on something that, that Black people, whether they are from America or Canada or other places around the world, have experienced in their path. They are telling us what it is like to be them. And we can pause and listen. We can connect with the breath, especially when that listening is hard. It's not easy. And it is a sign of our privilege when we don't have to listen, when we don't have to face these things that are happening in the world. That's a sign of privilege. A black person walking through the world can't pause being black. Right? But we can connect with the breath, especially in those moments when you're overwhelmed with what might be happening. Your breath is your bridge back to the divine within you. And isn't it amazing that your breath happens in your body? So there's this natural connection from taking a pause, taking a breath, and arriving back in your body. And then being present with your heart. Tend to yourself. Tending to yourself will allow you to engage in this work of realizing justice and peace in the world and in our communities. The next step is to clarify your values. Clarify your values. What are your values? And how do those values interact with creating a just world? And how do those values illuminate our shared humanity? And, and all of this, setting your intention, taking a pause, connecting with the breath and the body and your values, all of this can naturally move you into action. Skill in action. Dr. Holmes says, healing and demonstration take place as our minds become attuned to the truth of being. Truth of being. So here we are, attuning our mind to the truth of being. And Ms. Johnson illuminates this truth of being by teaching us, and I quote that, Liberation is understanding our humanity and being able to see the humanity in others such that we understand our freedom is dependent upon others' freedom. So this means that when we connect with our humanity, we can then see the humanity in others. Can you imagine? What might drive someone to protest 
to bring their pain into the public sphere, to shout the injustice out loud. This, my hope, my intention, my dream, is that we all begin to see our shared humanity played out in each other and that it brings us to this realization that all life is interconnected, that we share a common source, just like the Pondo tree in Utah. The Pondo tree is a grove of more than 40,000 trees. They share a single root system. And so the individual trees, they aren't actually individuals at all, but stems of a massive single living organism. They're individual expressions of one organism. That's us, that's humans. On the surface, we appear to be individuals and we do have our individual experience. And we are one massive, single, living organisms, along with all life everywhere. Sentient, non-sentient, plants, animals alike, including the planet and the cosmos. One single, living organisms. This is all leading up to this realization that when all life is connected, that means that your well-being is tied to, connected with the well-being of everyone and everything. Yeah. I, I'm going to be offering you some ways to begin to deepen this learning that's specific around racial justice and that places it within a spiritual context. These are not separate issues. They are both issues of our humanity of our path. And in just a moment, I'm going to invite one of our practitioners to lead us in a guided meditation. Because today, right now, we're going to begin to imagine, to create, to set an intention, a mindful intention of creating a just world. Because the world the well-being of the world. This is, this is our job. And this is our time to rise to this call, to be the one to advance this truth of oneness, this truth of our interconnectedness, knowing that, that, that we are intricately connected that as we take care of ourselves, we take care of others. And as we take care of others, we take care of ourselves. And let us 
amplify that love while we open our eyes and take a look at some of the pain and injustice that is happening right now. Let us open our hearts and invite it in because our hearts are infinitely, infinitely capable for creating space, holding space for each one of us and each other. And I thank you for being with me on this journey, knowing that we create, we contribute, we collaborate to creating a world that is just for all, not for some, not for those who have enough money or privilege, but just a just world for all. And so it is. Hey, thanks for tuning in. We're supported 100% by your generous contributions. If you found value in this episode, please give online at csl-whiterock.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for our newsletter so that you'll be notified of future episodes as well as ways to connect, learn, and grow. Thank you and abundant blessings on your path.